I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome into the special edition of On Texas Football. I'm Jerry Hamilton, joined by C.J. Vogel. All right, we're talking a little NFL draft. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr. updated his big board uh, ahead of the 2024 NFL draft. Obviously, Senior Bowl uh, being played uh, today. Uh, a couple of a number of Texas Longhorns in that. We're going to hit on Mel Kiper's updated big board, though. So this is I want to kind of take Texas fans through what we're going to talk about here. Uh, wide receiver big board. Uh, I'm going to look down at my notes a little bit here. So Xavier Worthy checks in at number seven. A.D. Mitchell, number eight, which the mock drafts are all over the place. We'll get into that with which of those guys go first. D-tackle, Jerzon Newton out of Clearwater, Florida, out of Illinois, number one. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks there. Devondre Sweat, two. Byron Murphy, three. Then Chris Jenkins, some of, uh, some of those Southeast guys after that. McKinley Jackson from A&M, number seven on that list. Off-ball linebacker, Edron Cooper at A&M, number one. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., number two from Clemson. Checking in at number five, Jalen Ford out of Texas, which that's good for his draft stock. Tied in, very interesting. Uh, Texas fans will probably have some comments on that. Brock Bowers, number one, obviously. JT Sanders, number two. That's one of the positions, CJ, before we really break this down, that stayed the same as it was headed into this season, which is so rare. Uh, then you have Theo Johnson from out of Canada in Penn State, number three. Jared Wiley, former Texas tight end, TCU standout, number seven. Running back, Jonathan Brooks remains number one on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s big board at running back, which tells you it's not a great running back draft when right. the number one running back has an ACL tear in surgery. And then number nine, kicker punter, Ryan Sanborn. Uh, so, CJ, I, I know you have some comments on wide receiver. Let's get started there, just kind of your thoughts. And I want to say this at wide receiver before we get going. Obviously, number one's Marvin Harrison Jr. Six of the top ten are from the Southeast region. Something to always uh, remember around the NFL draft time, how dominant it is in the Southeast region. It, it certainly is. And, you know, we talked about it recruiting-wise. It's fun Texas is getting, you know, a stronger foothold in there. But this receiving group is really interesting. And it's one of the deeper classes I've seen in quite a while. You know, you talk about Marvin Harrison up at the top. Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors are guys that you expect to hear their names called in the top 10. You know, how often do you see three wide receivers taken in the top 10, let alone what could be seven or eight in the top in the first round alone? You know, when you're hearing the conversation about Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell potentially slipping to the second round after seeing the talent that they've been able to put on the field over the last couple of seasons, you're sitting there thinking, you know, how is that happening? But one of those teams that's picking around, you know, 25 to 35, maybe even 40 if if they fall a little bit, those teams are, are getting a hell of a talent for great value. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see just how that plays out. But uh, I, I'm really interested to see 
the pro days for A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy? Because I think you look at that list that Mel Kuyper put out and you're like, all right, like the top five, I can probably have guaranteed that probably midway through the season. You know, you're talking Marvin Harrison, Roma Dunes, a Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brian Thomas at LSU, the other, you know, their wide receiver too, led right. the country with 17 wide uh, touchdown receptions this year. That's something that you you knew was going to play into a factor with their their draft role. But Lad McConkey to me is one that's interesting. Yes. And he's one that certainly helped his draft stock a lot this weekend in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, something that Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell did not participate in. And so I, I kind of sit around and think, yeah, like Jatavian Sanders probably didn't need to participate all too much. But it probably could have helped him maybe slip into the back end of that first round, maybe jump into that 35 range a little bit had he put on a good showing in the team aspect of things, showing that he can block these NFL caliber ready uh, draft prospects. So mm-hmm. I look at that as a not a missed opportunity, but something that could look, look back after the draft and say maybe three or four slots higher or whatever had they participated. But that to me is really interesting because McConkey was dominant in Mobile. He was tremendous and he was getting, you know, comps to a uh, 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 Cooper Cup and you don't get that very you know often. You know what's interesting about that, CJ? I, I, so I'm pretty, been pretty close to somebody at Georgia for a while and, and I was having a conversation with him mid-season and it, talking about the injuries kind of um, and said, you people don't understand how much we miss Lad McConkey and how good he really is. I was like, Okay, I knew he was good, but to hear this person tell me that, I'm not surprised that he's gone out and had a great week at the Senior Bowl after that conversation. Yeah, I mean, he balled in the national championship a year ago. I mean, it it was kind of one of those, like, you know, surely someone's going to be able to stick with this guy and guard him, but he's just so savvy in his routes that separation comes so naturally. NFL team is going to be very happy with him. And, again, it's a deep draft, so the the, the abundance of wealth will certainly factor into Worthy and Mitchell. I think they're going to end up at better quarterback situations than these guys going in the top ten. And to your point, how do, not so much Worthy. I think we know he's going to test extremely well, right. whether that's a 40, uh, whether that's his 10 split, whether that's a 5-10-5, whether that's an Elko, and he's going to blow all that stuff out of the water. Um, the, the people that are going to – uh, really when they start diving into it, look, they're just looking for warts at this point on these guys, right? They're going to be saying, are the hands consistent enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, how, how is he going to hand hold up physically in the NFL? Those are going to be the – he's going to blow away the testing part of that. A.D. Mitchell's interesting. If he runs really well, yes, he has a chance to move up a couple of spots in that rankings, I, I would think. So to your point on the NFL Combine – and the pro days are going to be huge. I think it's huge for A.D. Mitchell. I, I really do. And where he's going to get drafted and slotted when when April comes around. I'm with you on the on the testing for A.D. Mitchell. Creating separation was all just kind of his question mark. Obviously, the body control and the hands were the plus. But it's, it's very encouraging right now under Sarkeesian that Texas is about to send two guys to the NFL drafted in the second round or better for the first time since Lima Swede in 2008. That's big. And so Devin Duvernay obviously was a third-round guy a few years ago, but it's been that long since Texas had a top-end wide receiver taken and viewed by the NFL, taken in the draft uh, this early. So credit to Sarkeesian, Chris Jackson, Brennan Marion, everyone that was involved with these guys because it's the new standard, essentially, of what we're going to see from the Texas receivers moving forward. And, and, and here's the thing. We'll tie a little recruiting into that. It's much easier to get, go to the portal and get Isaiah Bond and Matthew Golden, and go to the high school ranks and get uh, Ryan Wingo out of Missouri. Absolutely. And that with the scheme 
and success carrying over from the o, o, being OC at Alabama, which is when the most eyes got on Sark. Now, let's be real. That's when the most eyes got back on Steve Sarkeesian. But that's carried over to Texas, and now guys have transferred in and had production. Xavier Worthy, his first recruit at Texas, had a tremendous career, uh, played through some injuries, had a tremendous career. Uh, so these guys panning out, whether it's from the high school rank in Worthy or from the portal transferring over A.D. Mitchell, that is a huge bonus for Sarkeesian, Chris Jackson, and this Texas staff moving forward. All right, CJ, I want to hit on D-line a little bit. I, I think it's interesting um, that, Tavon, that Mel Kuyper has – and we're not sitting here going to break down the Mel Kuyper's top ten. Everybody has different mock drafts and guys slaughter right now. But he has Tavondre Sweat over Byron Murphy. Jerzon Newton's number one. He came out of Clearwater as a three-star pro- – look, this is the D-line of three stars. I mean, essentially, now some of the other – Lower guys are ranked high. Leonard Taylor at Miami was a five-star guy coming out. But these guys at the top were either high three-star, low four-star guys. Byron Murphy was one of the lowest four-star guys. Sweat was a high three-star guy. Jerzon Newton was that high three-star guy. I'm interested to see their pit. they're looking for warts. Jerzon Newton, I think, is the most talented interior D lineman in the draft. No question about it. Is he going to actually be the first one drafted? I think that's why we're seeing Byron Murphy climb CJs because – he checks every box when these guys are doing their research. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. He certainly does. And we've seen the production. He was uh, first in the SEC plus Texas in terms of uh, uh, pass pressures in the this past season. And we've obviously seen what he can do in the run game as well. That's kind of the, the, the big difference maker between Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. Yeah. Can you keep Sweat on the field for three downs? That's the question mark. We, yeah. we saw some ups. We saw some downs in Mobile at the Senior Bowl in the pass rushing side of things. He had good moments. He obviously put a guy on his backside in which it looked like he broke both of his legs. But then you also see him slip a little bit. He didn't weigh in. There's questions about his weight and how you know in shape he is. That, that, right, that, right now, CJ, I think that drops him a little bit. I, I'm, I, I'm with you. Got some work to do ahead of these pro days combine and. It, it, this is his. This is going to be a chance for him to move up in some people's eyes. Where I think he might have moved down a little bit from what you just said. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit. You know, one of those double-edged sword things for guys that are hopeful to be in the draft because you want to go out there, you want to perform well. Well, if you don't check all the boxes or you leave stuff to be wondered about, then the question marks really start to come in. And we're like you mentioned earlier, NFL scouts are really looking for a reason to not draft you. Right? That's right. They've seen the production. They've seen the film. They know everything about you. Why should I not take a first or second round pick on you right now? And I don't want to call it a red flag, but it is questioning right now. Uh, but to your point about the three stars kind of owning the draft in the trenches, that's not 
usual. You know, that's not what you see very often, especially, you know, in years past where it felt like Clemson had a five-star defensive lineman every year going in the top 15. Alabama's obviously been in that conversation, Georgia too. But right now we're talking about a guys, a lot of guys who benefited from maybe a slower start to their college career and then just developing over time and really starting to dominate as we've seen from Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat and obviously the kid out of Miami as well. And let's, let's point out why this week is huge for Devondre Sweat, obviously. It, it, talking to somebody who's really tied into the draft on the D-line side for me, a longtime friend uh, who's really great at what he does, he said the interior offensive line in the Big 12 did not have many NFL draft picks, and the NFL wasn't high on many of those guys. All Oklahoma had some tackles. Or, but So there were the questions, when they're, like you said, they're looking for reasons not to draft a guy. They're looking for warts right now is people, some people in the NFL circles wondered about Murphy and Sweat because they didn't play against the high-end talent on the interior offensive line. So even Sweat playing some bully ball this week has helped him. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to have to continue to work on that uh, frame a little bit, uh, drops, shed some pounds here headed into the NFL draft because he's seen it. And this person I talked to, he's predicting right now, Byron Murphy in the 12 to 25 range of the first round, if he blows testing out of the water, he could move into that top 10. He thinks those mock drafts with him in the top five right now are a little high, yeah. even top 10. So that testing is going to be big because he's Byron's not as twitched up as Aaron Donald, who is, but no that's idea. really is a six foot and a half, six one, 295 pound guy that people, when they start chipping away at you, okay, you don't have the longest arms uh, and, and you're not as twitched up as some other guys. So if he tests really well and kind of, exceeds expectations, then he could move in that top 10. The, uh, this person I talked to has sweat projected as a third rounder could slide into the second um, based on him being a first and second down player only to your point. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see too many 360 pound guys that, you know, you can't rely on and pass w without being able to rush the passer. You know, right. Vita Vey is able to do it, but he's a freak and Dominican Sue, maybe not as big, but a guy that again, had a lot of success getting after the passer. So the the that's going to have to slim down a little bit for, for sweat in my eyes. I'm really interested to see how Murphy times, because like you said, the, the film is there to be a first round guy. I think that's that you, you can't dispute that at this point, we expect him to go in the first round, but is his acceleration and burst off the ball up there with the elite of the elite that uh, uh, kind of make up for what is maybe not the longest wingspan for, for Murphy. Uh, and I think that's something that will certainly help his case in terms of what we could see from a pro day from him. Yeah. And then let's, again, I want to just go over this one more time for fans. So Mel Kuyper updated his big board. Uh, number seven at wide receiver, Xavier Worthy. Number eight, A.D. Mitchell. Defensive tackle, Tavondre Sweat. Number two, Byron Murphy. Number three, running back, Jonathan Brooks, number one, which I think is interesting. Where would, if he remains the number one running back, where will that actually get him drafted in this draft? Tied end, I think we, Brock Bowers, one, Jatavion Sanders, two. Checking at number seven, Jared Wiley, former Temple High, Texas tied end, uh, transfer to TCU. Uh, I want you to get into that a little bit. And then Jalen Ford, number five, off the ball linebacker, Ryan Sanborn, number nine, punter, which probably leaves him as a free agent, right? Um, but kind of get into that tight end position. I mean, Jared Wiley had a big week. Obviously, JT Sanders is holding his position at two. I think the only things that could knock JT down a little bit is if he ends up with a neutral plus one wingspan, and then people just question the blocking. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as everything else, He's worthy of being that number two guy behind Brock Bowers. 
Yeah, I would say those are the question marks right now. Does he have the catch radius of some of those elite tight ends that we're seeing in the league right now? And can he help you as a plus in the trenches? And that was kind of always the question mark. That's why we didn't see him as a true freshman at Texas, because Jeff Banks was like, well, you know what? We're going to have to take some time in the developmental stage. And he's gotten to a point now where you can rely on him enough to get holes uh, created in the running game, but probably not where you'd like to see him. Uh, as a full-time NFL tight end and where you can really rely on him to be that inline guy, to, to wham block, to come across, to pull, whatever, and also be that threat down the field. We know how good he is when yeah. it, the ball's in the air going down the field, especially over the middle. The question marks for JT are really, can he do everything else a tight end is asked to do? And that's a that's a loaded position. You know, They get a lot put on their plate, and the good ones are really good at it. The Kittles obviously dominate in terms of the physicality side of things. And then the Travis Kelsey's are able to create space, understand zone schemes and really be able to, to, to be a threat after the ball. The combination of those two guys, very rare, very hard to find, but you got to excel in one side to really have that NFL uh, valuability right now. The, you mentioned Jared Wiley and that's interesting to me. Texas fans didn't really see a whole lot of yeah. maybe consistent production. And maybe there's, you know, some left on the bone that you'd like to have seen, uh, brought out of Jared Wiley during his time at Texas. But credit to him, those two years at TCU, I thought they used him a little bit better than what Texas had used him in. Obviously, a little bit of a different offense in the time that we saw a lot of him here in Austin for. Uh, but TCU really used him as that inline guy in, in the, qu the quick short game, I thought was interesting. Texas wasn't going to use him as a guy as an over, or over route or crosser guy like we saw Jatavian. He just doesn't have that end speed as we've seen, uh, but he's really, he really had a good strong week in mobile for the senior bowl. And I think with him, his physicality has grown from where it was. It's still not a, a true strength for him, but at six, seven, all you really need is the willingness and the effort there. And that's something that took a lot of time in my eyes to fully develop for Jared Wiley. And it was interesting when he was early on at Texas, had somebody on that staff tell me that pound for pound absolutely was one of the best athletes in the program. Right. So I don't think we're surprised you know, look, it's not add water instant players. I say all the time, some of these guys, they have to develop on their own time frame. And sometimes that takes a transfer. Sometimes that takes your four, year five. I mean, just think about where Tavondre Sweat was coming out of high school, where he is now. Uh, so, again, we'll be talking a lot more NFL draft uh, as it gets closer and closer. But we, CJ and I wanted to do a little special update today with Mel Kuyper Jr. updating his big board. Uh, seven Longhorns we mentioned today. Steve Sarkeesian said uh, a couple of days ago, Texas could have as many as 10 or 11 guys drafted in this draft. We'll see what where that number it, it continues to look like. I think we're both betting on more like eight or nine right yeah. now. But if Sark hits on his 10 or 11, man, that is one hell of a song to sing in recruiting. Absolutely is. And year three to be sending that many guys to the league just shows the development is here for my staff. That's Sarkeesian's message. Also, Last time Texas had eight guys drafted in the NFL draft, 1991. So big box to check. Wide receivers, obviously 2008 with Lima Sweet, a lot of excitement early in the rounds. It, this is fun. This is fun now. You know, we get to move the, the on-field success to the NFL and eventually – We actually get to talk about the NFL draft. I mean, you know, think about – I mean, think about next year. I mean, we're going to have tons of shows next year on this stuff, but Kelvin Banks, Quinn Ewers. I mean, think about Isaiah Bond coming in, Nye Black coming in. Yeah. You kind of go down the list. Um, there's some people in the building in Austin. I think Cam Williams is going to end up being a first round pick one day. I hey, mean, we got to we'll also get to talk about a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, the running back room is full. 
so there's going to be a lot a lot to talk about in the future here uh, with Texas in the NFL draft. For CJ Vogel, I'm Jerry Hamilton. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll have more NFL draft talk uh, in the coming days and weeks as we head into that April draft. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.